Well, hello and good day, beautiful, marvelous, fantastic podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you are doing amazing. I am sending you all of my love, good vibes, well wishes, and positive energy your way. We have another fantastic episode of the podcast for you today. We have Kimberly Masca on, and we are talking about how to turn your spiritual calling into a profitable business. Uh, Kimberly Mask has a very interesting background. She worked on Wall Street. Uh, she was a Wall Street boss. And we, uh, we, we dive into a lot of different topics in this show. We talk about uh, what what was her awakening process, what a soul's tribe is, uh, creating an avatar manifestation script, uh, the feedback loop. We talk about using the model. So I ask her, what's the model she uses? Because I'm always curious how people monetize what their passions are. You know, it's, as a coach, I help people do that. I look for different ways to do it myself. I listen to my friends and, and what they do. And um, she gives a very clear structure on how you can do that. We talk about going from a solopreneur manager to CEO, money as being energy, overcoming limiting beliefs and blocks around money. Um, we talk about the slavery conditioning um, in the educational system. And we, we talk about marketing hacks and lots of other things. So this is a fantastic podcast. I know that you're going to enjoy it. If you do like it, please support the show by sharing. That's fantastic. Tag me on Instagram at Matt Belair and Kimberly Mask. That would be fantastic. You can leave a review in iTunes as well. Um, just if you could just take a second to do that, that is really helpful and really appreciated. And you can also become a patron. Um, that really helps as well. I appreciate all of my patrons for uh, chipping in. It helps keep the go, uh, show going. And I want to thank Jeremy Hoffman specifically. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. I very much appreciate you. Um, and the best way to support the show as always is to do three kind acts. Wherever you are in the world, um, just do a kind act. Uh, ask someone's name, pick up a piece of trash, uh, listen to somebody, send a kind note to a friend or someone you haven't talked to forgive someone uh, three kind acts is the best way to support the show um you also want to sign up for the email list because uh, censorship is the real deal so if you want to stay up to date please go over sign up for the email list and you can get a free lucid dreaming ebook and guided meditation if you go to bit.ly forward slash lucid dreaming actually that's not it mattbelair.com forward slash lucid dreaming that'll get you there um and for those of you who want to learn a step-by-step -step master system for overcoming self-sabotage, strengthening your connection with spirit, and designing and living the life of your dreams, check out the absolutely phenomenal Soul Compass course that is free when you join the Academy. And the Academy also has exclusive training with past guests, guided meditations, brainwave entrainment courses. There's a ton of value over in the Academy. Would love to have you as a part of that. Go to bit.ly forward slash mind body spirit 21 and you'll find it or you can find it at mattbelair.com as well um, for those of you guys who are interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching i am taking new clients right now i was a little bit overwhelmed in the summer uh, but now i've opened up to new clients and so if you are really dedicated to getting clear leveling up learning more about peak performance, um, executing on your soul calling, getting really clear on your life purpose, hit me up, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. So that is it. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into this amazing episode. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, confidence, enthusiasm, energy, connection, and ready to take on this amazing episode with Kimberly Masca. 
Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a CEO of Spiritual Biz Publishing, creator of Spiritual Biz Bootcamp, publisher of Spiritual Biz Magazine, and international best-selling author. She is dedicated to showing spiritual entrepreneurs how to create 3D success while maintaining a 5D vibration. She uses her business and marketing expertise to show spiritual coaches how to create financial success while shifting consciousness on this planet. She brings nearly 20 years of business development experience to the table, including eight years on Wall Street. Her mission is to show spiritual entrepreneurs how to realize their greatest potential and turn their life calling into a lucrative business thus allowing spiritual entrepreneurs to share their message with the world and create a business that is a catalyst for good. Welcome to the show, Kimberly Masca. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. We had a great chat before we dove in. It took a while to get this going, but um, I love what you're doing and I'm excited you're on the show because we're in a time where people are rethinking everything. And, um, you know, of the spiritual teachings that I've read out there, one of the important ones I think people don't consider is right livelihood. And what it seems like you're coaching and teaching people is how to move towards right livelihood, your calling, your vocation. And the question I always get is how the heck do you make a a living out of it? And I say, I don't really know. Um, I know there's principles and practices that will um, help you, but you got to commit to it first of all and figure out what that is. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you transitioned from being a Wall Street gangster or however you phrase that and and moving into this space? Sure. Yes. Yeah. I have quite an interesting background Um, and I always say like, don't hold it against me, but I did work on Wall Street for a number of years. And, um, which, you know, it was crazy. I have to say that it was crazy. Uh, not Wolf of Wall Street crazy. Although I have to admit there are moments in that movie where I'm like, oh my God, that totally happened, but I won't share what those are. But, um, but it was, it was definitely an interesting experience and, and it helped me really to build what I'm building today with that experience. But I, I realized in my own path that that was not where I needed to be. I mean, you know, when you're going through that moment and you're not sleeping, you're eating too much, you're drinking too much, you're shopping too much, your hair is falling out. It's kind of a big sign that something is amiss. And so I finally read the signs and took that huge leap and I left Wall Street. And it was interesting because I was actually a partner. Nine of us had created a firm from scratch, literally sitting in a living room, put together some of our own money, got some investors, and we took it to a $165 million company. And so it was like I had birthed this thing. This was part of what we created and I just couldn't do it. And I had to leave and everybody thought I was insane. Especially we'd been talking about going public and all this stuff. And I just, I just couldn't do it though. My soul, my whole body was screaming that I had to get out of there. And so I did, I took the giant leap, but I had no idea what I was going to do. So I laugh when my clients come to me and they're like, I'm going to find my purpose and I'm just leaving my job. And they're like, how did you do it? I'm like, don't do what I did because I bounced around for a good six, seven years before I finally figured it out. And um, I started kind of more on my spiritual path in a deeper way. And as I was doing that, I was meeting people that were just incredibly gifted healers, but they had no idea how to create a business. And I've realized that one of my intuitive gifts is actually to see someone's business. So when I'm talking with someone and they're talking to me about what it is, if I can see it, it'll actually lay out for me and it's visual and I can see what they need to create. So I kept telling all these healers, well, you just need to do blah, 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 blah. And they would look at me like I was speaking Chinese. I had no idea what I was talking about. And I'm like, huh, 
think there's something here. I can take my intuitive gift of being able to see people's businesses, my business knowledge from all those years on Wall Street, and then my love for spirituality and living in the life we're supposed to be living and connected to source and bring it all together and do something really cool for the world. And that's what I've done. That sounds amazing. And you're probably right because I've, you know, I've kind of dabbled in both worlds. I have some friends that are really successful uh, in business and um, some are successful, what I quote, uh, call like the vocation. They figured out what they wanted to do. Um, they were successful in business before, but it is a, it's, you know, congrats on taking that leap because, you know, when you're, when you're walking away, with something that like it gives you your security, right? And that's where a lot of people when they work in 95, it's their security. And they say, you know what, I would love to do this, but I got to pay the rent, I got family, I got all this kind of thing. And what I like to say to them is just don't make it a hard zero. Like don't think about it 0% each month. Like even if you can think out a little bit over time, that's actually going to accumulate and it's going to change the direction of your, your life and how you think. And then you'll begin to problem solve. If you don't give yourself uh, the problem or the goal, then it can never happen. And so how do you like to start the process? Do you normally work with people that are like, um, kind of on the path, they know what their calling is a little bit, or they have no idea. And then you kind of start them from scratch. You know, it's fascinating you ask this question. So when I've created, I, my core program is called Spiritual Biz Bootcamp. And I always really needed them to kind of have an idea, like they need to know what their gifts are. And it's really because I'm create, helping people create spiritual coaching businesses. So they need to know, are they a spiritual coach? Like, what do they do? And so as I started down that process, I would see that the people that really knew what they were doing just soared so much faster. And then the ones that, that didn't quite know, they, they kind of stumbled along. And so as I've seen this over the years, I've actually literally just launched a spiritual uh, coaching certification program so that I can help the people that don't know, that have never coached before, but know they have a message or a gift for humanity to help them with that process. We, we just started doing that because I could see that that struggle where they know they have something, but they don't know how to get it out there. So again, I would see the clients that had a very specific gift and had an idea of who they were serving, they just soared. It was like crazy how fast they soared. And so that makes a, a big difference and in, in, in it, it works both ways. So it's a little easier, like they'll just go faster because they already have a, a clear vision. But when you don't have the clear vision, then you're like, help. <laughs> but it can work both ways. I've seen it happen. It just takes them maybe a little more momentum to get going to have the clarity. But if you've got the itch, if you know that there's something there and you're not where, where you are is not where you should be, we can always figure it out. That's for sure. It just may take a little while. Mm -hmm. And so when you, if you're helping them like uh, figure out the initial direction, do you have tools or processes for that? or when do you start to dive into like uh, the business strategies? Because there's a lot of stuff out there. I, I, I do a lot of it. I pay for a lot of it. I get gifted a lot of it. And so I see some models out there that I find are useful and, and effective. And the big thing I think you touched on a little bit is that if you have that itch, and I feel like that's the important starting point of like seeing a direction you want to go where you will encounter a hurdle or a block, which will happen, or a failure, which will happen, and have the motivation or energy or like the will to get over it because you're passionate about, uh, passionate enough to move in that direction. And so do you have, like, how, how do you advise people at the beginning of that process? 
to this, what's really interesting, since it is my intuitive gift, I'm actually, it's, it's me that gets them going in the right direction. So when someone enrolls in my program, the first thing we do is we do what I call a kickoff call. And it's a kind of, a, I need to come up with a better name, but that's really what it is, is we're kicking off the process. But it sounds very kind of, I don't know, a little too corporate-y, but that's what we're doing. And, and it's an incredibly intuitive call where I'm working them through their ideas, their visions, where they came from. Usually it has to do with their awakening process. So I talk to them a lot about how they've awakened. And then we, we discover together with being in alignment with source, who, who's their tribe, who's their soul tribe. And when they get it, it's this, it's this crazy, aha, we all get spirit bumps. We just know. And they, a lot of times they cry. They're like, that's it. And sometimes as you go through the process, you have to adjust, but it's really that first piece because you, you can't successfully create a business if you're talking to the wrong people. If you're just, you know, that's when it becomes icky. That's when the marketing feels icky, the sales feels icky, and it just, everything feels uncomfortable. Most spiritual people will say, it would just, it doesn't feel good. I'm like, well, the reason why it doesn't feel good is you're not talking to your tribe. But when you have a soul connection with your tribe, when you know intimately who your tribe is, what they're experiencing, what they're thinking and where they want to go. It's amazing. And it actually takes away that whole icky marketing stuff because when you're in full alignment with your tribe and I've actually created a process, I call it an avatar manifestation script. So we mm. actually have a full, that's a four part manifestation script that we create so that you're in vibrational alignment with the tribe that we re-identify in the very beginning. So that way they, they know who they are. They know them intimately. There's this connection. And when that happens, the coolest thing is when that happens and someone's in full alignment with their tribe, that tribe just shows up like no joke. They'll be like, I couldn't believe it. Like, and I even make them put a name to their avatar. A lot of times, probably 50% of the time, it's the exact name that they put in their manifestation script. So if their person's name was Julie, they're like, oh my God, my first enrollment was Julie because they're in such alignment with it. So that's, that's the key to it all. Otherwise it just feels weird. And then the marketing stuff is, you know, you can market a whole bunch of ways. I've through much trial and error figured out the ways that work the best, at least for me and for my clients. So I, I have that marketing piece, but none of that works if you're not in alignment with, with who you're connecting with and how you're connecting with them. Well, yeah, that's a really great point. And you used um, marketing speak that not everybody may understand when you say, when you say avatar, I know what that Sorry. is. And so when you're helping them find their soul tribe, do you say, Hey, who is the ideal person you want to work with? And is that how you see it? Or like, who would you want to hang out with? Like, how do you describe what the avatar is to them? Sure. So we start with, who do you think you're healing? Because I look at it from a healing standpoint, since all my clients are healers, and that's what we're doing is we're helping heal something within them. So I say, who, who do you believe you're healing? And what's funny is that they'll usually come to me with an idea. And then I'll know from my connection with source whether that idea is it or not. And if it's, if it's it, I'm like, all right, I think we're good, which happens actually very rarely. And then if it's not it, I'll go, okay, this is well. And then I take them through a process. So the process is where I'm really learning about them. And it's, a, it's an understanding of their awakening process and what they've gone through in their experience, because that's how we serve. And the whole reason why we go through this awakening, which is a painful process, we all know. It's not like you know butterflies and rainbows. It's a painful process. And we go through that to learn so that we can teach. And so I, I take pieces from that. And then, like I said, as we go through this, this process, like an hour, hour and a half process together, and I'm getting, I'm 
hearing things and getting intuitive hits about things and I'll bring that into the conversation. And then when we nail it, they're like, oh, that's it. And they just, it's this beautiful thing where they're like, that's my tribe. And that's, that's how, that's how we do it. Well, I love, okay. I love that. And it's interesting because I work with a lot of people too. And there always comes a point where they find that vocation or service, the person that they want to help. It's aligned with their passions. And I agree with the process you're doing. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing how simple it is when you ask people just aren't asking these questions. That's, that's what I've realized is they just haven't asked these questions. And so when we're working together and I go through these questions, then they like, they get excited and that's usually the thing, but there comes this point where they're like, Oh, you know, I'm not good enough. Like I don't have the degree. I don't have the experience. Right. But what I like your, what you're saying is like going through that awakening process and understanding the value because it's just like yoga studios, right? Yoga is fantastic. That's, you know, so is CrossFit. You know, if, you might not like CrossFit if you got injured, but CrossFit's great. Um, martial arts is great. And we need a lot of those teachers. These, these um, ideas and these gifts, we need so many teachers to continue to share them. So martial arts has been around for thousands of years. There's thousands of martial arts teachers and there should be more. I gravitate to that because I love martial arts and I know what it gave me as a person. Um, same with snowboarding, same with these other things. So people just sometimes don't feel value in what their awakening process is, but they forget how many people need help, right? Yeah. And so how do you help them overcome the um, limitation of number one, I'm not good enough to do this. Number two, how the hell do I make money? And if you have a good process that people can um, use, that's fantastic. I actually just talked to my buddy and he shared me one and uh, he said his girlfriend made like 20 grand in the first launch of, and it was a simple process. I was like, Oh my God, you need, I need to do that. That would be helpful. <laughs> right. You're like, how did you do that? Yeah, wait, what? And it was super simple. And all she did was really get connected to um, the people she wanted to help the gifts she wanted to offer, and then created a structure that just told people authentically about what that was. And, you know, a lot of it's about like the community. You know, when I, if I were to teach martial arts, it's not so much about me, um, although that's a part of it. It's about the space you create. It's the container. It's the practice. So, you know, a jab, a professional boxer would practice a jab thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times, millions of times. And so, but you need to create a container where training and practice is there so they can, you know, perfect those gifts. Same with yoga studio and anything else. And so I'll shut up now and ask you the question. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the question was that, how do I get them over the, I'm not good enough thing. And then the money piece, but the, yes. the, I'm not good enough part is it's all it is, is their human getting in the way. See, that's just their fear. And it's the fear of failure and the fear of all, you know, all the stuff that our friends and families have, have surrounded us with. And we pick up on those fears and then we're like, I don't know if I could do this. But when we can get the human out of the way and when they know they're supposed to be serving and there's that connection with the source over it, then you know you have to take the steps. You just, we have to work through the fear. So sometimes we'll work through those. But the, the I'm not good enough is, is, at the end of the day, I just say they're, they're being selfish at that moment because they're thinking about themselves instead of thinking about the people that they're serving. Because when you really think about the people that need what you have, then you can get past that. And then also realizing that the people they, that need what you have, everyone that needs what you have isn't your client. That's the other thing they have to understand too, is that they're going to be a vibrational match to a certain soul tribe. So that tribe is just going to show up for them. It's, 
it's amazing to watch. But after working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs, I've seen it where that when you're in full alignment, that tribe just shows up for you. So you, you have to just get the fear and the human out of the way and just say, I have to serve. And when I'm aligning, the right people will show up for me. And like some people resonate with how I, how I coach and some people don't. And that's okay because the ones that really resonate show up. And I have people quite consistently just, they call us and they're like, I know you're my coach. And I heard from whoever their guides are that I'm supposed to work with you. So here I am. That happens all the time where people are just like, I heard that I'm supposed to work with you. My guides told me X, Y, and Z. They, sometimes they have like multiple dreams about me and they're like, this is what I have to do. So your tribe just shows up. If you step out, you just got to get over the human fear of what might happen when you do. Well, I really resonate with the answer of um, not thinking about like getting out of your own mind and thinking about who you're helping. One of my most successful friends, at least financially, and I think overall too, because I don't see success just as financial. There's obviously family, there's relationships, there's emotional intelligence, there's all of those factors. And and my homie is at the very high level for all of it with, with the I think he's got three kids, three rugrats, man. I don't know how he does it. Um, and what he told me when, when we were doing some work together is he goes, I just think about how I can provide value. I just think about how I can provide value to the specific people that I want to help and that I enjoy helping. And that's really what he's done. And then what he's done is created uh, one of the uh, triggers to flow or one of the elements to flow is feedback. And so in his loop of his tribe, he's constantly getting feedback, refining the process so that he can help a specific person achieve a specific goal. And the other thing I like to help people consider is like, it's the A to B process. It's not about you. It's help getting them A to B. So if I'm teaching the martial arts, you know, when you're done, you're going to feel more confident that you can uh, defend yourself and, and protect yourself. That's the thing. It doesn't need to be me. It's these tools that will help you get there. And usually when I'm coaching, I, it'll be like, hey, I'm not really going to do much, although there's a lot of systems. I'm going to get you really clear on what it is that you like to do, what is it that you want to do, you're inspired to do, and give you some tools so you can start building that and take those steps and actually create it. But once they get, like you said, to the alignment piece, it's pretty cool to see what happens because I feel like it's, um, I use the analogy of uh, a beaver pretending to be a duck. You know, if a beaver pretends to be a duck, he's not going to have a happy life. And he's also not really in, in harmony with the environment. But when the beaver is the beaver and he goes and does his beaver activities and builds dams and does the things that he really enjoys, it actually harmonizes with the entire environment. And that's kind of how I see a vocation. That's how I see when people are stepping into their right livelihood. And so you can comment on that. And if you, and then after that comment, I'd, I'd be curious if you share any kind of structure on, on how you're able to achieve those things, because I know a lot of healers, a lot of yogis, a lot of people who do want to want to do a lot of good, but they don't want to charge people money and they don't know how to make a system out of it so that it will support them. And they should be supported just like chiropractors and lawyers and everything else. Maybe yeah. more so than lawyers, unless you're the good ones. My buddy's fees a lawyer. He's an awesome guy. Not all lawyers. They're, they're good. We need them. We you need those lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to touch upon something that you said that your buddy was talking about, the feedback loop that kind of pinged for me, is that that feedback loop, one thing that people need to realize is that your business is a living, breathing entity. There's actually an energy to your business. And so a lot of times I think what scares people about creating a business is we're like, I don't know what it is or what if I change or what if I grow? And it's like, I hope you change and I hope you grow and I hope your business grows and changes with you. 
And when we can remember that, that it is a living, breathing entity, it has its own energy, there is an ebb and a flow. And when we can get into sync with that energy, then we can create, and then we know it's always growing. I mean, I just launched this, you know, spiritual coaching certification program. I've been in business six years. And so it's, it's, it's something I saw. I'm like, Oh, they need that. How do I serve them the best? And I see the things that hold them back the most. And I'm like, great, what do I create to help with that? So that was, I like how he brought that out. You mentioned that he brought that out and it's so true. We just have to remember it is a living, breathing entity in the whole process. So. And then I forgot what else you asked me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, right? And you and you evolve over time, like anything else. And I feel like that's an important distinction as well. When I'm helping people, it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna feel comfortable right away, yeah. right? Just get in some reps, be crap at it, you know. And when you're a kid and you first ride a bike, you don't expect to be good. Um, you know, when you try something new, you don't expect to be good. But there's something with business or entrepreneurship. People have this block because they they think that they're not supposed to fail or it's supposed to be perfect or they're supposed to know everything. Say no. What you need to know is who is it that you want to help? Um, go try a few things, get some feedback, and then keep refining the process and remain in integrity. And, and like you said about the, the marketing piece, I actually had that exact example come up in one of my calls this week. And, and um, when we focused on who they're going to help, and then how we were going to deliver that. And then what's it, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? Is this true? We go through all that process. And now there's a whole bunch of people, um, you know, that can be receiving this help from somebody who is actually very skilled and, and able to deliver that. And on the flip side, I've seen people that, you know, they didn't even have the skill set, but they had the intention and they showed up and then they would figure it out, but they genuinely showed up. They were a hundred percent authentic and they were really successful, really quick to, yeah. to even my surprise. And I was like, Holy smokes. But, um, the, it was honest in the deliverable, right? If you say, I'm going to come over to a swimming pool and there's a swimming pool there, well then that counts. And so if you're helping someone in a certain way and you can get them from A to Z or whatever you've identified the person you want to help, if you can do that and, and you're committed to that, then that's fantastic. And so my question is, do you share any kinds of structures so people can wrap their head around it? Because I know yeah. a lot of people, for me anyway, when I was charging sports psychology lessons, I was like 50 bucks an hour. I was like, that's, it. I was a snowboard bum at the time. I was like, that's way too much money. I can be charging people 50 bucks an hour. Um, and then, you know, it was a hundred bucks an hour. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I can't be charging people a hundred bucks an hour. And then, so um, it stayed there for a very long time, but over time developing my craft, getting to a level of mastery, um, and, and working with hundreds of people, the rate has gone up, but now it's looking at systems. And the thing is that I realize you don't even need to do what I did. You could actually do it a lot faster because you can do it in a way where you serve more people. That's not one-on-one, -on -one, um, with, with better ways. That's why I like the podcast. Anybody can listen. Um, I like books. Anybody can buy that knowledge. And so there are ways to communicate knowledge and information. That's not just your one-on-one -on -one time. So again, can you speak on that? Yes. Yes. So the system, yeah, the system, you have to have a system. So that is a, that's, if you want to thrive and actually have like a business, not a hobby where you're just seeing some one-on-one -on -one clients, you have to have a system. So what I'm working with my clients on and teaching them how to do the whole process is once we have the connection with the tribe, then the next piece is that the is part of the system is that we are creating their, what I call a soul solution program, because it's so they're building an eight week course. And in that eight week course, they really are solving a soul problem, right? They're helping the, in the individual heal over something. And so we create that program based off of all the information that we created about who this ideal client is, who this soul tribe is. And so we take all that information and then we structure the course so that it, 
it makes sense. Like, I think everyone has the best intention when they create a course and they create the course and they're like, it's awesome. I have all this information, but the structure is usually lacking in the course. So they build something with great intention, but then the client never gets the results that they think they can get because the, there's something amiss in the structure. So we also make sure like the structure of the course is sufficient so that the person gets the results. And then when I'm working with my clients, I'm actually coaching them to have an investment amount of about $3,000 for their program. So it's definitely a, a, a higher price point than most and most healers can get a wobble with it. Some of them don't. That's actually one of the big things I can see the difference in the people who succeed quickly and those that don't is what's their money story. So we deal a lot with that too, because you got to clear that money story if you're going to be feeling like you can create something that's worthy of the energy exchange of 3000 or 5000 or $6,000, which a lot of my clients do. So you've got to be able to have that balance for them where they can see it and they can feel it. But once you create your program, then it's about enrolling the people into the program. And the way I do it, which how I teach it is that it's a rolling program. So I don't, I don't, I don't say I don't believe in launches, but launches to me kind of stifle what you're doing. I don't ever want my business to be like, I did a launch and I made $30,000 and now what? It's like, you should be in a process where you're in constant flow. Cause that to me is a, a flow blockage. You have all this energy going into one thing and then it, it falls off. And the goal, which I think is actually a problem for a lot of people, right? You have a lot of income, then you have no income, a lot of income, then no income. So the goal, the way I teach them is to structure it so that it's an ongoing process so that you can always have abundance coming in and there's a, a flow around it. So it's, it's easier. There's no, a lot less stress with it. And then you just build a system that works. So you have, you know who your clients are, you create your soul solution program, you're enrolling people into that program. And then, you, you know, the, the way I actually look at a business in, in like three structures, so you've got like phase one where you're the solopreneur and it's you doing what you do. And then there's like phase two, when you become more of a manager kind of type person. And then there's phase three where you're the CEO. So each phase of the business has its own systems. So as a solopreneur, you're looking at systems of having your soul solution course done and, and automated in a way where you've got videos and things and you've got, you know, checklists and things for people to fill out so that it, so that it's, when you enroll someone, it's ready to go. There's no like a lot of work behind it. You all the work up front and then you have a system where people can just come in and you enroll them and then they hop into your course and you do weekly calls. And it's just, it's, it's once you get it up and running, you, you work less and less, frankly. And then you just start making tweaks to it as you expand and your clients expand and what have you. But that's the system when you first come in. And then as you turn into your, your phase two into your manager, then there's a whole nother system where you're now hiring your first team members and you're able to turn things over to other people to free up more of your time. And then in phase three as CEO, there's a, there's a whole nother set of systems. So my background in Wall Street was actually about designing systems. And so systems are very big for me. And so when I teach those three phases, for me, my boot camp program is phase one. And then we move into phase two and phase three with my mastery program so that everybody has systems so that they can step back and then you know who's doing what and you're able to manage everybody and make life so much easier. But yeah, the system is key. So in phase one, it's about creating your soul solution program and enrolling those people into it. And, and that there is the, is what keeps it going. And then you just have something that, that runs and then you can do some automation behind that and all sorts of things. But it just, uh, yeah, it's important to get away from that one-on-one -on -one model because you actually, they get better results too. My one-on-one -on -one clients, 
they like lingered and they never really were as motivated as the, when the people come into my spiritual, this boot camp. they like, there's a little competition. <laughs> so since there's competition, they work harder. <laughs> well, that's the whole, that's the whole CrossFit um, model and why people really push themselves to achieve, right? You've got a community of people and you're kind of testing yourself. And that's actually the concept behind martial arts as well is like iron sharpens iron. You know, I'm familiar with that model and I, I know it works because I've seen my friends do it. And the, the guy I referred to, um, before one of my friends who I feel is very successful in many ways. This I remember staying with him in uh, in Arizona. A really nice guy was on his podcast, and he goes, you know, he said some nice words, and he's like, "Hey, man, like you left an impression on me. Like if I can help you, let me know." And I said, "Man, I need all kinds of help. I don't know what the hell I'm doing." And so, and so, and so he goes, "Okay, bro." He's like, "You come on out." And so you know, he helped me, and we had a lot of great discussions. And you know, he. Um, as a successful real estate, real estate business with, uh, at the time was 71 realtors under, underneath them as a software company worth millions, uh, I believe. And on the side had a podcast, um, on the side had a podcast with 150,000 downloads a month. Um, and, a, and at the time a coaching program that was about a hundred K now I think it's over 200 K a month and runs the system similar to what you were speaking about. And his advice to me when we were chatting is, is very on point to what you're saying. He said, you need to figure out who it is that you want to help, right? Who is it that you want to help? You need to figure out how to get them from where they are to where they want to go. And the easiest way to say that is, you know, I like to say is like the overweight one. If you're really overweight and unhealthy and you want to get to healthy, that's an A to B. Um, but there's also all these other nuances as well. Like same with yoga, it teaches more than just postures, right? And when you get different yoga teachers, um, it's great because you have the community, you're doing the practice together. You're, you're, you're becoming a better person together with community. And it can be the same way when you apply it to business. Um, the, the only technical question I have, because I'm curious from talking to him, do you do the eight weeks and then all new sets of people or do they start at any time? So once they sign up, you're, you're on any time. And that's how he ran it. It's the weekly call. And then if you're in there, you know, you're talking to the whole tribe and, and, yep. and they're going through the process. Is that what you do also? Yeah, I, I roll them in so people can enroll yep. every day and they come in and, and it's, it's interesting because a new person starts to see other people that are succeeding and enrolling or what have you. And they're like, Oh, that's really cool. So it gives them more momentum. I have, uh, every now and then you, I find they do come in groups. It's energetically, they come in groups, whether I, it's no planning of it. It just seems to happen. And sometimes a group will together get hung up, which is really interesting. And you've got to kind of like jig them a little bit to get it. And then finally one or two will break loose and get their enrollments. And they're like, okay. And then you like shift the energy, but, but it's, it's nice having new energy coming in all the time because people get to see different things and meet different people. And yeah, it's, it's a fun process and it makes your life easier. Cause again, you're, you're in flow all the time. It's not like this start date and you're trying to enroll everyone into this one start date. It's like you can be in flow with your business, which makes it so much easier. Yep. I agree. So I have two questions I want to make sure that I ask, but I don't know. I got distracted. I was like, wait, I got to ask these questions. Okay. Number one is important. Help people get over the money thing. Cause that thing yeah. is super challenging for me personally. Um, I grew up middle-class home, nothing wrong with it. Totally fine. Um, but I was, and I was doing some more work. I just did the vocabulary course with Mark England and we're going to be doing a, a workshop coming up. So if you're listening to this, sign up to the website workshops going to be dope because Mark is amazing. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I learned a lot and it's about your inner stories. Right. And so going through my money story, I, I remember, you know, 
I leave home and I got a loan and I'm, I'm leaving home. I'm a snowboard bum and I want to go traveling. And so I'm kind of like, I'm snowboarding every day. I'm designing my life exactly how I want because it's, I want to snowboard and that's it. And so I figured that out. I was making some online money. I was doing all these different things, became an international snowboard coach, but always enough just so I could snowboard. And so my mind, when I wanted to travel, equates $1,000 to one month of travel. So whenever I was trying to ask people for money, I was like, that's how we equate it. And I see everything from the snowboard bum lens. I'm like, yo, <laughs> 20 bucks is like a case of beer. Like that's, you know, that's important. We got to get our priorities straight. And it was so funny to hear all these memories come up. And then it's like, you're like a 36 year old adult. You have a podcast with over a hundred million minutes. listened. you've helped thousands of people. You trade around the world. Like you, you can ask them for money. That's okay. And, and I'm still like battling with myself. So help me and help other people, please. So that's, that's, I just like laugh because I'm here so many money stories and they're, they always crack me up and there's always some like nuance to it. So money. Okay. So let's talk. Let's this, let me know if I go too long on this. Cause I can talk about money all day long. So first thing we have to remember is that money is just energy. So just like everything else, it's energy. And when we're in vibrational alignment with it, it will just show up for us. And I've, I've, and I don't like to say it's, you know, it's funny. And people say like, I'm an amazing manifester. I can bring in money. And I'm like, if you were that amazing of a manifester, you would consistently have wealth instead of just like manifesting on one specific thing. So I want to just kind of point that out because it really has to do with your vibrational alignment and where you are with bringing it in. So and this come we, from the Wall Street boss too. You yeah. know, I'm just going to imagine you as wolf of Wall Street female <laughs> <Yes>. version. So <laughs> you're like, come on, I'll yell at you guys. Um, so, but with but with money because it's it is just energy. First, we have to remember that because it's energy. There's a plethora of it. There's no lack of it. And frankly, they print it like it's candy, anyways, right? So, okay, that's a whole other conversation. But but money is really just it's it's everywhere. It's there's so much money on the planet. Um, that there isn't a scarcity of it. There isn't that if I have, someone else doesn't have. We can all have that abundance. So first we have to see that. And then also, again, being that since money is energy and we're energy, that we are money. So we have to see that too. We are it. When we can just see it, it's, it's not a, a thing so much as it, it's the energy that floats around and it doesn't even belong to us. And so since it doesn't belong to us, we can bring it in and send it out and bring it in and send it out because it doesn't belong to us. So we just, we have to see it as this, this flow of this energetic flow. And when we can see it that way, that's like the first step in helping kind of resolve some of the money issues, because a lot of the limiting beliefs that are tied to money are really tied to scarcity. And, and so you've got, you know, there's not enough. If I have someone else can't have, and so you've got those things are, you know, if I'm, I have to work really hard for money. Like there's just so many limiting beliefs around it. But if we realize it's energy and it's just going to match up to us and flow in and flow out because it doesn't even belong to us, that kind of takes some of the pressure off. And then we got to look at all the other limiting beliefs around money, which are they're tied to someone's uh, personality, right? Is it the richer evil or the richer, uh, you know, greedy and what have you now? admittedly, we go to that top 1%. We're talking about those that control everything. That's an entirely different conversation because a lot of people like to say, but you know, it's the this and that and they throw out the Illuminati word and I you know, get that. You so. know about the those who, who control everything. Get into yes. another debate about that. People people like, you know, conspiracy is like, there's, they just use it as a blanket statement to not know a lot of things. It's like, yeah. you can figure it out with some just, research, but just look, just, yeah. look. I mean, all you gotta do, literally <laughs> just, all you have to do is open your eyes and you'll figure yeah. it out. So big. That's a 
different conversation and we could have that conversation, but, but let's, let's talk about the people that really are, are Wait, trying I want to throw in a crazy create. side note. Sure. I've never done this. What do you think about gold and silver right now? It's, 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 would you it's invest in that as a loss? <laughs> I would. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's what yeah. I've been hearing. I, yes. It's well, it's in, it, I, I mean, okay. So, well, that's, a, that is another conversation, <laughs> but I mean, I'll just say this because everyone should have an increased financial awareness of just what's going on. It's just like mm -hmm. anything else you want to study and learn. If you want to learn and create, or if you want to create money, you need to learn about money. And the way they're printing money right now, we are in for something not very pretty. That's so why I I'm asked you because you're a Wall saying, Street person. You yeah. know these things. Yeah. Although it's funny, you know, I got to say I've learned more being out of Wall Street than I did when I was there. I think I was too huh. asleep or whatever. That I just did what I needed to do. I wasn't looking at the big picture, but now I look more at the big picture, I think, because I learned from that experience. But, um, but yeah, I, I would say gold and silver would be a good investment and be uh, your insurance against what's going to happen. You know anything I don't think it can't happen. You know anything about crypto? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look just, at, I look, <laughs> my well, buddies I, are so wondering what I'm still behind. I invested in one thing and it failed. And I was like, oh shoot. It's like, you should have got this. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, I'll say this. I am not an, I am not a financial planner. I am not an investor, but I would say this. There is a guy, um, the dollar vigilante who is I love awesome. him. They yep. love him. So I subscribe to all his stuff. And so I follow what they're talking about and stuff too. So I would say they know what they're talking about. So those would be the guys that I would look at, but dollarvigilante.com is pretty awesome. So. Well, and you know, this is kind of, it's taken a, like a little bit of a side note. We'll get back to that. But the important thing that I, I've, I've looked at, so I started down the rabbit hole and never come out. So I'm trying to come out. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I don't think you can when, come out once yeah, you're in. <laughs> when, when, you, when you look at how the world runs, it runs on money. And back in the day, it would be very obvious who the kings and queens were. Well, the, what I believe the modern slavery is money, right? Like it's, we have to work nine to five, 40. And I remember being on my friends, my best friend's trampoline. We're talking about, you know, we're in high school. We're talking about what we want to do with our lives. And um, nobody after high school wants to travel or explore the world or question anything. They're just going to university and not a good or bad thing. It's just the choice they make. But it wasn't a discussion or a dialogue. I was like, this is something you kind of like think about because everyone is accepting nine to five, 40 hours a week, like minimum plus overtime, two days off a week. That's all you get. And two weeks off a year. Now you can, you can work a long time and then it gets a little bit better. But I was like, that's frigged up to me. I was like, that yeah. is a frigged up scenario. There has to be a scenario that is better to that, than that. Well, and so we need these, we need the money so we can buy things. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been conditioned to, to do that, right? So really the slavery starts in the education system. So in the education system, we are not taught to think critically. We're just given tests and we are supposed to pass. Like you were talking earlier, I think the word failure came up. Well, the fa failure ties back to the fact that in school, we you know we were supposed to be good and get good grades and do it on our own and, and follow the rules because we didn't want to fail. And it's like, but when you had, that's like the mindset of that they've conditioned us to have in the education system. But when you step out of that, entrepreneurs, I mean, we fail to learn. That's what we, you have to, you have to fail to learn. Otherwise you just sit in the little box and that's all you do. So it's a different way of thinking, but I think that the, I, you know, I, people probably hate me for it, but I, I really think that the, the slavery starts with the education system. And so oh, from, from there, then, then money's just the dangling carrot. And then, and then they, and they, you know, if you're not aware, if you're asleep, it's easy to fall into it. And so, and they don't teach you about money. They don't teach you how to be rich. They don't teach you all the tax rules that you can put in place so that you can create more abundance. Like they don't actually teach you. You have to go look for it. 
And so that's, that's what I've done. And funny enough, had nothing to do with Wall Street. I can say this. I made a lot of money on Wall Street. I don't know what happened to it. I lost a lot of it. Market change. <laughs> I bought and sold. I, I don't actually know what happened to that money. And so having had that experience of losing, you know, millions of dollars in the company that I had and, and, and uh, the market and blah, 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 it, that that experience is actually what has now made me learn about money. I can honestly say I was completely ignorant to money. I could create it like crazy. I've always had money in my life, but I can create it, but I didn't, I didn't respect it like I do now. Now I understand it. I understand it energetically. And I've, I've taken the time to educate myself on the financial piece of the world. I'm not by any means like those people know way more than me, but I try to pay attention to this stuff. What does it mean to create it? And what can you do with it? And, and how do you use it for good? And how do you not use it for good? Like you've got to know all those little pieces. So it's about that financial education and they don't teach us that in school on purpose, right? If we all knew how to be, create money and be financially independent, then they wouldn't have as much control over us. And then we wouldn't be the, the slaves that they want us to be. I mean, the, the education system was created by the Rockefellers so that he, they would have workers. They, they, they started to make the university so that they had the trained people to work for them to, to create their company. So anyways, we digress. <laughs> yeah, no, that's wonderful. Hey, I was, I, I, you know, some, some podcasts, I think we're going to dip out of that because I focus there and it's always so serious. Um, but it's, it's totally true. And you know, you're a person who knows their stuff, but true is true. And education is where it starts. And you can change a whole culture of people through the education system. Um, you know, my partner, she's a kindergarten teacher and you know, I, I give a crap about the education system all the time, but I was like, I was like, you know what? You're that sweet, amazing thing that gets them that think that make them think everything's going to be okay. <laughs> that it's not going to be okay in grade one or grade two. And she gets mad at me because she's an amazing teacher. And, and, you know, we do have a lot of amazing teachers out there. The problem is the structure in the system. You know, it's box to box to box. It's, it's so ludicrous. And you got to look at, yeah, behind the scenes. And I, when I looked into peak performance, mental training, consciousness, all this stuff, I'm like, why is this not taught? Right. This is very empowering information. Now, on the other side, when you when you learn about psychology and consciousness, there are tools to bind and limit consciousness. And they use a lot of those binding and limiting tools. Um, and it's a very obedient culture that's you know we have this and we're experiencing this right now and i write about it and people get super pissed off at me and i'm just like i've just been looking at this for a long time yeah right got it you do it you don't question authority you don't question your scientists you don't question um the systems you just essentially create reality as you're allowed by default and maybe in your background i don't know but might have been like a better education and then you go to wall street you get a really good job and you just acquire all the things but it's still not like a level of independent thinking it's just like yeah. my my goal is success my goal is money and i know those people too um and sometimes they miss the fulfillment it's the integration of all the other elements that you're not taught that is very very important and critical and also from that kind of, let's say, quote unquote, asleep or default mode, very rarely is it of service. It's yeah. just, you gotta, you gotta get more to acquire for what you need. But on the other side, it's how can I be of service? How can, you know, I'll acquire more money so then I can do this thing. That means I can provide more value, not just to stack up my money for no reason. And that's where vocation and power and energy come in um, and freedom. And when people are in, 
uh, scarcity consciousness, when they're afraid that they can't eat or pay their bills, they, their mind isn't fully open to all the options that they have. Um, it's limiting functions. They're on a whole nother operating system for their being, but being in safety and security, you can get there without money. It's just hard to do because you, you have this concern. But if you are taken care of, it's a little bit easier to access more of the brain power. Just like if uh, I show up at your house and I got, uh, I don't know, a gun in my hand or say a robber, not me. We'll say a robber, not me, anyone else. <laughs> and he comes, all your consciousness is going to go on that robber because you have to focus. It's, it's scary. And that's what, that's what that does. That's what all that neurology of uh, your, your mind will do to keep you safe. So you have that in a micro way right? And in, in all these going about your day in this limited consciousness. And so you can't see bigger patterns. You can't see options. You're not open to new information. And so money is one of those like base tools to create an IQ around and they don't teach it on purpose. And that's important. And you know what? The Native American school systems that I learned about, like, if you don't think um, that that's real, you know, they took a generation and forced those Native American uh, kids into the school systems to wipe out their culture. That happened. And we're also talking about this while well, now I'm ranting and getting all piped up. Um, <laughs> we see this from a, um, I interviewed a, a teenager, a spiritual teenager from Pakistan uh, once, and it was his years back. And you know, I asked him about the law of attraction and what he thought about the positive thinking and stuff like that. And you could tell this kid was very aware. He's very smart. And he said, you know, I believe in it, but it's also a luxurious thing because you don't live in, in a country where you're being suppressed or I, you know, and I'm deducing this. I'm just, I'm just guessing. I think he might've been gay just from how we had com conversed and some of the things that he said, I think maybe. Um, but he said, if you, and this was part of the reason he said, you know, if you were, you, you would get killed. They would mm -hmm. kill you. How freaked up is that? And so how do these worlds, like we have a luxury of being here. We have a luxury to have these conversations and we have a luxury, a level of safety to apply higher levels of knowledge, right? And to test them to see if they work. And so uh, super crazy rant, but yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't like systems that suppress people. It bothers me. And so I like systems that help and support people and teach them to be more loving, compassionate, authentic and helpful towards another. Um, and, and money's a piece of that. So what do you think of all that? Or do you want me to ask any question? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this, and this is why, because this, this little segue that we went on is actually why it's so important and why I'm so focused and I know this is my calling. And I've, I've known this from, I mean, I work with healers all the time that they're like, oh my God, they can see how this is totally my calling is because it's incredibly important for the healers to be abundant. And they, I get all sorts of flack when I'm like that healers should be wealthy and I get all this stuff because they get very emotional about money. There should be no emotion around money. It's energy. Just, just, it's a thing. It's not even a thing. It's an energetic feeling. It's like, there's no emotion around money. And so the healers of the world have to be wealthy because when we're wealthy, like you were saying, we're, we're at a different level. Our vibrations higher. We can create. We, when think of like how powerful we are, but we're in our happiest moment, right? We're abundant and everything's happening, but we can manifest stuff and create things and do incredible things. And I see what my clients can do and, and the, um, the beings they connect with in different dimensions and stuff. And I'm like the connection that the healers would have if they weren't worried and focused about money and their living expenses and everything else, if they were abundant, the power that they would have which I think is why we've actually been told not to charge. I think that's a big piece mm. of it. It's not only the power of like what money can do, but just 
our energetic power, our connection with source, when we're in flow, what we can create. I mean, I have clients that, you know, shift the movement of hurricanes. Like this is what they do. And if they're focused over here on money, they can't do that. So that's why I say that the, the healers must be wealthy. That's also why I think we've been told not to charge because if we have told not to charge and we're always struggling, then our powers are weakened and our vibration is low. And then we just sit worried about money and that we think we're really good manifestors if we manifest at the rent when that's not really what it's about. It needs to be where you're in flow all the time and having the wealth. So that's part of why this is such a huge thing for me personally is to show people how to create money so that they can be abundant, so they can be living in prosperity and not worry and really tap into their power so that we can shift consciousness on this planet by all the healers vibrating at their highest level. I love it and agree. I'm just taking a note. I, I was just thinking about how much brain power it takes um, when you're in scarcity. It takes yeah. just all of your brain power. So you're not using your imagination. And uh, if you think about the Hawkins scale of consciousness, um, you know, the lower ones are, you know, scarcity and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And the higher ones are emotional states of joy, surrender, peace, gratitude, uh, giving, right? And so in scarcity, unfortunately, you're in the lower emotions. And so you're experiencing that and you're experiencing it in the body. And also since your body's an energetic field, um, you're putting that out to the world. So you might be a healer, you might be, a, you know, spiritual person or awakened, but you're actually um, throwing a negative vibration out to the world because you haven't sorted out your own scarcity. And I know that I've been guilty of that. Um, I try not to take, um, you know, I, I try not to give out crap in the world. I try to give out positivity. Um, but I know if I'm stressed out, that's what that happens. And so I'll actually consciously change my state when I'm going into places using 3D breasts or something like that. But the thing is, if you meet some people who are like, just happy and they're centered and they're grounded and they're connected. They're just doing it naturally. They don't really have to try. They've integrated in into their being and it's a possible thing to do. But again, yeah, that scarcity mindset is so limiting. So um, I, so what I'm going to go back to is, is with the limitations about money. Um, how do you help them overcome that um, strategically? Some of the, and, and if you want to share some more of the limiting beliefs around money, because sure. I think it's very common. And the question that I'm sure you get, you addressed it a little bit is like a lot of the spiritual people like, oh, well, I don't want to charge because then it's not spiritual, right? It's not a spiritual thing if I don't charge anymore. Um, and I, on the flip side, though, I think that it has to come with integrity. You yes. got to be able to get them with the A to B. And I've also learned because I've done testing of many different things. I try to give away stuff for free. When I give away stuff for free, people don't follow through. No, no matter, they don't care what I've done. They don't follow through. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to charge you tons. And then I charge them lots and they follow through and it's amazing and they get the result they want. Um, but you have to have integrity. We're not saying don't have integrity. If you're saying I can help you lose weight, you better be able to do that. You better be able to friggin' do the thing that you say you can do, you know, and then you can yeah. scale up from there and you're, you know, so charge the right amount. Um, but make sure you can deliver, you know, and give yeah. an awesome, massive value. That's what my buddy Josh does. And there's ways, you know, like that it's not that much, you know what I mean? People will pay for that transformation. You know, if, if they have that problem and, and you can solve it, people will pay for that transformation and they'll follow through on this system that you can help them with that your unique life experiences and knowledge and research can help. And then you're also there guiding them like the yoga studio, right? If you come you show up to Matt Belair's martial arts. I'm going to show you, you know, self-empowerment, martial arts techniques, all these different things. And I'm going to create a container that you can do all that stuff. Right. And so 
um end of rant chime in please <laughs> so, so um let's see there's a few things in there we'll start with the getting them over these limiting beliefs and stuff about charging so um and it kind of ties into the people saying like i don't need enough money or it's not spiritual to charge so actually let's start with that so when people say it's not spiritual to charge i'm actually it's not spiritual to not charge because then you're not serving and if you're not serving then what are you doing like like you said when you give something away for free then they don't they don't follow through and then you're it's just a band-aid because when the free stuff let's just say i like to use the analogy of a doctor this is what i do with my clients and it's funny i just did this today in boot camp with everybody i'm like if you're because someone made a comment like they they felt bad for the person and they didn't they ended up not offering them their program because they felt bad for them and i was like hold up i'm like you're not being a coach there is a difference too between teaching and coaching and we had a great conversation today about it but teaching is just you're amazing we're connected to one we're all one source is here flowing through you and that, that's teaching coaching is being able to call someone out on their limiting beliefs so that they shift and and to be able to get someone to shift they have to be committed to shifting and if they're not invested and it usually takes money because that's the symbol that we have in this 3d world of our commitment to things it commit the time and money right so if they are committed which is that energy exchange of money they will shift and they will allow you as a coach to help them shift when you give them something for free they don't shift they like to tell their story and they continue to tell their story. All their neighbors know the story. The people at the grocery market tell, knows their story. Everybody knows their story, but they don't ever change because they haven't made the commitment to, to do so. And when they make the commitment to do so, you can change somebody's life. So when someone says it's not spiritual to charge, I'm like, it's actually not spiritual to not charge because all you're doing is putting a Band-Aid. It's like a doctor, I'm starting with that analogy. If you come into the doctor's office, and you like you're like my side hurts and he's like oh, okay well go take two aspirin and leave and then you find out it's appendicitis like he knows it's appendicitis you're gonna die if you leave and frankly the people that are have all these issues that are in lower vibration that need a coach they are killing themselves in a different way they're committing suicide in an entirely different way daily with their thoughts and their feelings and how they're eating and they might be drinking too much they might be on medication they might be all this stuff that's making their body sick so they actually are killing themselves and if you don't help them shift you don't get them to be in connection with source and overcome their depression and everything else that's holding them back then they're killing themselves and you're allowing them to do that so how do you get them to make the leap is that you have a really amazing program. That's one thing that we make sure when someone comes out of spiritual, this bootcamp is their program. There's a, a method to make sure it really does serve that whole A to B thing. Otherwise you're not in integrity with what you're charging. So you make sure you have something that, that is, is really good for them. And then you hold that person in the highest light, the absolute highest light so that you can get rid of all their complaining and their lower vibration and the story they like to tell to flip them, to get them to commit with the energy exchange of money to change their lives. And so when you look at it that way, it's the money isn't about you and it's actually not about the money. So everyone spiritually gets all hung up on that too. It's like, you're charging too much and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you have to charge. It's some reason it's a psychological thing. If humans were able to uh, get something for free and change their lives, then we wouldn't be charging, but that's not how we operate. So we operate like we need this commitment. And money is that simple for humans to be able to make that commitment in the 3D. So you put a dollar amount on your program so that they show up, 
so that they do the work so that they change their lives. That's why you charge. You don't charge for you. You charge for the client because then the client shows up. And we were talking about this and with a group of boot campers I have right now. And one of the women was saying, yeah, she's taken all sorts of courses and never shows up for them or quits or gets annoyed or whatever it is. She has missed only one call with me and we have a call. We meet twice a week. So twice a week over 12 weeks and she has not missed but one call. And she's like, I show up because I, I'm invested in myself and I'm showing up here and she's getting amazing results. So that's why we charge. So you have to get out of the head of it. It's about us because it, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with the client. And then when you create the abundance, then people say, oh, but you got all this money. It's like, well, okay, hold up. Because I talk a lot about tithing. And so tithing for me is not, um, doesn't have, I'm not talking about church. It, it could be if that's what it is. But wherever you're being spiritually fed, wherever you're getting your spiritual knowledge and spark from, wherever that is, you can Matt Belair podcast, Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I've actually <laughs> had clients- so you tithe where you're getting your knowledge. So think about when you're creating six figures or seven figures, how much you can donate. I mean, seriously, if you've got a million dollar business, you can, you can tithe a hundred thousand dollars a year because you don't need that. Well, after expenses, you gotta look at expenses. You can make sure you play, pay your team first, but then, <laughs> but you're, you're able to, to donate in an amount that, that more that people aren't even earning in a year. So the money isn't about you. It's about creating, you know, whether you maybe create a foundation with it or you have a specific place where you tithe or whatever it is, you find a place where you're putting the energy back out. You're not hoard it. You don't put it under your bed. You don't go buy 10 cars. You take the money and you should be living an abundant life because you need to be at your highest vibration, but we have to, there's a line of overdoing it. So you don't want to overdo it, but you want to be, you know, still being able to travel, you want to make sure you're in your highest vibration, whatever it is that makes you feel in your highest vibration so you can continue to create. But then you use that money to, to serve. So you're using it to help. And if you're making 30K a month, I mean, that's like poverty levels. Like how do you survive at 30K, not a month, a year. 30K a month would be okay. 30K a month of poverty. I was like, oh, wait, I am signing up for this course immediately. Holy smokes. <laughs> Which is more than doable, I'll say that. But, but, um, but you know, at 30K a year, that's like, it's, that's really hard. That's You're some, not knowing. That was a Wall Street slip up there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those, yes. those poor people only making 30,000 a month. Poor. Ooh, poor chumps. Poor people. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, that they, only have, they only have thing. one home. Well, I know exactly what you're saying. And the old me would be upset with it because I would be trying to like rationalize it. But the older me has realized it's painfully true because I've yeah. tried to charge people less and it never works. And I'll give you an example. I worked in cars. Okay. And you'll understand that I'm that the person you're talking about. I worked in cars uh, to save money to go traveling. And as a snowboard bum and whistler, my buddy's like, hey, who wants to make 10 grand a month? And I was like, even if I make five grand, it's more than I'm going to make in Whistler. So here we go. Buckle up and head to Calgary. And I get to this little like shack. And I was like, I've made a terrible mistake. Is this a shack on it? And like, is the most ghetto dealership I've ever seen. I was like, I've made a terrible error. Um, but anyway, I go in there and it works out. They got a system going on. You get a lot of leads. It's all right. And I love cars and I love people. It's no problem. I can sling some cars so I can go traveling. And so 
we're doing this. And the thing was, they told me, they, they go, hey, Matt, like the, the more you charge for a car as a used car salesman, like on the profit level, it's what you make. Like you get 25% of the commission. So let's say you acquire the car for 10 grand. That's what the dealership um, gets. And you sell it for 12,500 dealership guy makes some money, but um, you would get 25% of that. Um, I think something like that. So, you know, 250 bucks or something, something, right? So, but the more you charge, the more you would get in commission. I would always know how much we charge for the car. So when I would go to negotiations, I would literally be negotiating with my boss to give them a better deal without the person knowing that I'm doing that. And you'd go through this process where you present, present the number to them and then you do the payments, you do the whole thing. It worked like charm and I, it like, I didn't like it because I, 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 I knew what we paid for it. So if he put like 15 grand and like the car's like 24 grand, I was like, yo, that's like 10 grand more. They better not say yes. So sometimes they would say yes. And I'd say, okay, I'm going to pretend you said no. And I'm going to come back. And my boss yelled at me once and he goes, why are you always, why are you always trying to get them a better deal? And I was like, I don't know, man. He's like, he's, he's a new dad. Like, you know, we can give him a better deal. And, and, and now in cars, I think you should be more like more closer to it's a, it's yes. a, it's a close example because what they told me was, if you charge them more for a car, they're going to be happier with you. Now, I didn't want to believe this. I thought it was horse crap. Every single person that got overcharged for the car that was like paid a bit more, right? Let's say you're running Honda Civic is 15 grand. Everybody's getting a Honda Civic of 15 grand. If you charge them 18 grand, right? When they got a 15, they're the happiest customers. They're the happiest customers. And if you charge them like just making no profit, they would always come back and complain. And I was like, I hate this. I don't know why this is true. I don't know why this is true, but I don't like it. But it didn't prevent me from selling people for cars for less. My boss is still, my boss is still mad at me. But it's a crazy thing. And it's yeah. true in coaching and it's true in programs. And it's true when you show up that it is the commitment level. So, you know, there's one part of it where we're definitely not saying go outside the integrity. Um, but if you can show up to help people, whether it's a boot camp, whether it's a spiritual practice, if it's your vocation, that's what I like. If it's your vocation, um, it's so wonderful. And that's what the universe needs. The universe needs beavers being beavers, eagles being eagles. Um, you know, I don't know, little, I saw a fox the other day skateboarding. He was super cute. Um, you know, fox to be foxes. And I feel like that's the vocation because Fox like doing Fox things. So whoever you are is this unique, beautiful, infinite expression of the universe. If you can master that, figure out why it's beautiful, why it can help people, how it can transform someone and build a system around that that supports you and allows you to do that more, then that's, that's amazing. That's wonderful. So again, end rant. Do you want to chime in? I get carried <laughs> away <perfect>. there. <laughs> It was weird if it's psychologically that we actually value things that we pay more for. We mm. just do. It's weird. And, and yep. there's this, and I think it's that commitment level. There's also probably some pride that we were able to afford that thing. And yeah, it's, it's amazing how, yeah, the more What's you charge that? and you get better clients too. The, mm. the more you charge, the better the client, like no joke, they don't complain as much. And, and, and only in my life, in my whole career, have I like two, I had two people that didn't, have the funds to pay the whole thing and I let it slide. And I got to tell you, those two people came back and complained. I was like, are you joking me? You're the only ones that didn't pay full price and you're the two that are complaining. It was hilarious. And I'm like, I'll just never do that again. I was like, no, 
painful. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy too because I've actually seen that too, and I don't know why it doesn't make any sense. I think what it is 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 you'd refer is the commitment, the yeah. commitment to the transformation. Um, you know, and I think when a lot of the coaching that I'm doing, it's like there's a necessity. So let's say someone really wants to change. Um, the reason why they get in their overweight, let's say I use that example a lot. They're overweight. They're unhealthy. They get a personal trainer because they show up right? They could go to the gym and pay the $20 membership, but they pay the few hundred bucks to make sure that they're held accountable. And on another level for like a peak performance level, a lot of the stuff that I'll teach my clients and, and the people I work with, especially in the athletic realm, um, if you're going to do something that's never been done before, this is kind of athletic speaking, be at the highest level performance, like Olympics or martial arts or where you're, when your life is on the line or snowboarding, any extreme sport, if you frig up, you could, you could be screwed. You could break your back. You could break your legs. You get seriously injured in any of those. And so there's something we call commitment. When you're going to the rail or you're going to try a backflip or you're going to try this new trick downstairs on a skateboard or whatever, there has to be a level of commitment. And they add in, when I teach them sports psychology stuff to any extreme sports athlete, they start meditating immediately. No, they don't give me any crap for it. They start meditating, they start visualizing, they do all the exercises that I, that I tell them and they get amazing results because they have the necessity yeah. that if they don't, they're going to experience a crappy consequence. And a lot of, in a, in a regular world, we don't really have that. So there needs to be like a commitment level to know that it's true, to know that it's work. For them, I don't have to sell it, right? And so there's these ways that like, and how people perceive the world and what they really want. So when they're going to pay for it, when they want that thing and you have a good process, they're going to go, I'm going to go through that. In the same way with, uh, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, you know, teaching people, all he's doing essentially, he's doing more stuff. People could argue that, but it's just basically meditation to um, cure illnesses, right? To, to help you relieve your body. Now it's not just that. I think there's other elements in there, but mindset is massive for healing. And what happens is people are at the end of the road, so they're willing to do anything and they commit to the practice. And it's that commitment that creates the transformation. And that's a part of it. The commitment has to be present. There has to be a way to ensure commitment because that's the result. The same way to go to the gym, if you go to the gym five days a week versus once a month, you're going to get two very different results. Yep. It's, it's true and it's a funny story, but my husband and I are always talking about what kind of clients we want to bring in and we're visualizing the whole nine yards. And back in the day, he used to say, and we lived in LA at the time, and he would be like, we should get like those housewives that, you know, have all this money. They just have the money to just like pay and do it. And I was like, mm, that doesn't resonate with me at all. And then every now and then one would sneak in where her husband was a doctor or something and she wanted to create a spiritual business and she would come in. And I, no joke, they never even showed up for a call. I have about probably half a dozen people that were in that kind of mode, had the money, blah, blah, blah. And my program is, it's five figures. And so they would put that money down and just not show up. And I really like, it drives me crazy. Because for me, it's not about the money. I'm like, I want to see everybody succeed and shift consciousness on the planet, not just sign up for a course that they don't show up for. But the clients that really have to figure out how to get resourceful and find that investment in themselves so that they commit to themselves to do it, they're on every call and they get amazing results. Yep. That's it. Well, holy, you know, the end of this, I didn't really think it was going to go that way, but it's been wonderful. This has been super helpful. And um, what I want to ask is, is there anything that you wish that I had asked you or any topics that you want to cover as we, as we 
near the end because this has been fantastic very helpful yeah you know i we've I, we've covered all sorts of things i think uh you know we've covered the money piece and just i just want everybody to remember that money is just energy your energy and when you're doing amazing things and you're in your joy of doing that and people are in joy working with you because you're changing their lives the money just shows up there you don't really have to work that hard for it when you're in vibrational alignment with it there's that whole working hard for money thing it's unnecessary <laughs> totally unnecessary <laughs> Awesome. The biggest thing, yeah. Well, you know, I, I move it, you know, I can see it more clearly now. I, uh, interestingly enough, had some experiences um, and I, I've seen it in waves in my life, but uh, I know what you're talking about. It definitely resonates. And I, and I feel like, again, it's, you know, some of the, let me form a sentence and just calm down. Let me just calm down my excitement here. It's uh, right livelihood. I love that, you know, in, in Buddhism. I think that those are so important. And the more people that think about right livelihood, that's how we transform this planet, right? There's so many people doing jobs that they're doing for money. And like on the, on the crazy note of what I see coming out in the world, cause it's all kinds of madness. We need more livelihood. You know, no one's going to have a job. And then the only job yeah. you can get is for contact tracing, you know, showing up in a freaking Gestapo outfit. You know what I mean? It's just like, this is craziness. Um, but people need to pay the bills. And so the more people that can be liberated, mind, body, spirit, financial, because that's the slavery system through valuable service, that's amazing stuff. And I agree 100% that if you get close to your vocation, to something that's meaningful to you, to uh, anything that resonates with you, anything that resonates with you and you provide that service for other people, the universe will support you and, and, and bring you all these people that uh, you, know, you didn't even know existed, that needed your specific help. There are 7 billion people on this planet and you know, whether you want to take the yoga studio scenario or the gym scenario, we need those good, healthy um, opportunities and spaces everywhere, right? We've got a lot of, if you go where I grew up in town, you know, all we got is box stores, you know, more box stores and nonsense, right? So and Asheville is supposed to have right all these cool eclectic shops and right. So, that's supposed to be one of the benefits. Yeah. You're in Asheville. So that's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some fun stuff here, but yeah, but take control of your income guys. That's what it's about. You need to be in control. Do not let the government be in control. Do not let this whole system of what's going down be in control. Be in control of your income. And when you're in control of your income, you decide how much you make and how much energy you put into your business is how much energy you get back. And when you're, create, when you're an entrepreneur and you're creating that business, it's fun. My goodness, is it so much fun? You get to be creative because the business actually is creative. So you get to be creative and you get to be in control. And we all have to be in control of our finances, in control of our minds, control of our bodies, we need to be in control. So you've got to take those first steps, but like, how do I take control of everything so that you can be in control of your finances as well? Yeah. Hey, you ever hear about the word egregor before? No, I feel oh, like I've seen it, oh, but I don't know. Tell me. I got you what? I wasn't sure. I was like, you're pretty, no. you had a lot. All right. Egregor <laughs> is the word for, um, it's like the spiritual explain this crap you can wikipedia it after but i'm going to butcher it but you'll get it um it's like the spiritual entity of your business so let's say coca-cola it's like the spirit of coca-cola and so what's happening right now is the egregors of our governmental systems of our medical systems of our our are places that have immense power and wealth. And that's what money does. It gives you crazy influence. And that's why I beat my head against the wall trying to educate people on what's going on. I was just like, it's just a t whole lot of money that you can't even wrap your brain around to influence something that doesn't have your best interest at heart. It's yeah. a real thing. So we need to make a 
different choice. Not yes. saying we got to focus there. I've been, I focused there too much. And my buddy's trying to pull me out. So he's probably right <laughs> about that. Got to focus on the solution. But also when there's a sledgehammer coming, like it's just what it is. And it, this is why, because there's an immense amount of influence. And the more of us can have domain over our mind, body, spirit influence, right? And you got like a few people in town that are, you know, they got savings, they can invest in things that are helpful, whether it's land or they feel good, they're not afraid of stuff, you know, very, you know, very empowered people are not very afraid right now, because they have domain over themselves. It's, it's those that are like kind of attached to the system, that the system has given them what they what they have, right. And so they really want it to keep going a lot like in the matrix, but in other parts of the world where the system doesn't give them crap, they, they know every European that's, that I've talked to about this thing knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. And uh, the people, you know, on the other side, they get really mad and they say, you know, how do you know you're right? I was like, well, they're two different conversations and they seem to know all this other stuff that adds perspective, right? Cause if you don't know this higher perspective, then you don't have the whole picture, but then you can verify it and it changes the whole lens, right? And, yeah. and any, anybody who's been to a suppressed country, not all of them knew exactly what was going on. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like we've been through this before. And I was like, oh no. So another rant, but um, where can people, where can people find uh, you and your work if they want to stay in touch? I don't know if you do blog. You said you, you half-assed a podcast. Are you going to full-ass it or are you going to we'll do probably more? probably full-ass it, yes. I love it. So, uh, so my website is KimberlyMaska.com. The podcast is on there. It's, it's more of my thoughts when I have thoughts about money or limiting beliefs and coaching, all the stuff that spiritual entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs need to know about are there. But um, they also can also check out, I have a, a free training that's the, the five shifts that my clients have gone through to create their six figure businesses. And they can find that at spiritualbiz.com, spiritualbizsuccess.com. So B I Z. So spiritual biz success. You can put that in the thing, but that's a, a, a free training. It's like a 45 minute training so that you can see like the mindset shifts that I take my clients through to get them to go, Oh, that's how you do it. Because again, you can work with any marketing person and that's all great and stuff, but it, none of it will work if your mindset and your vibration isn't aligned with what you're doing and you're not speaking to your soul tribe. So they can learn about that at that free training at spiritualbizsuccess.com. Oh, hundred percent. I totally agree. You know, I think that uh, our two programs would be super synergistic because the only thing that I did with soul compass is for, figure out the direction you want to go. Mm. That, that's my A to B. If you don't know where you're going, you will know where you're going and then you'll figure out the strategy and all that other crap. So it sounds like you put it in there too, but that's what I've seen to be true. If you know the direction, you only know the next step, but you really, it's like energetic, it's magnetic, right? And you know it, you don't have to think it. It's just like, and then there's going to be problems. You're going to make failures. You're going to, you're going to have successes. You know what I mean? All this crazy stuff's going to happen, but you have to have that alignment. So you know, in your guts and it's like your own guidance system. And once you have that, it doesn't get taken away. You have it forever and it's awesome. And everybody's allowed to have it, you know? So you're doing good stuff. I enjoyed this podcast. I got to give a shout out to Sam Tripoli because I went on his podcast and he has a hilarious one. And so you uh, made me feel better about all the, uh, I've definitely been more upbeat in this episode and more optimistic because he messes around on it. So I was like, I'm going to see if I can mess around on my podcast and make it more fun. Cause I'm like, so serious. Like, tell me the meaning of life. You. <laughs> this is great. No, this was yeah. a lot of fun. Good, good synergy. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Um, we got your website all linked up, right? Yep. Sure cool. Does. Cool. Well, thanks guys for watching. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. 
there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Kimberly Masca. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please spread the word by sharing it, leaving a review on iTunes, becoming a patron, joining the Academy. Uh, anything you could do to support the show would be amazing and very much appreciated. Thank you so much for your time and attention. It's something that I take, uh, I don't take for granted. And I'm always setting the intention to bring you the best guests on the planet to help you develop your mind, body, and spirit to live a better, more fulfilled, uh, joyous, connected life. Um, so all of my love and appreciation to you. Uh, what else? Uh, if you want to join the Academy, that would be awesome. There's some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. I'm going to be releasing my quantum heart hypnosis uh, program soon. So make sure you sign up for the email list at mattbelair.com to stay up to date because censorship is a real thing. And I uh, would love to stay connected to you. So thank you so much. Let's come to a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, connection, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.